Blog Talk Radio. My name is Raina Starr. I am so happy it's Friday. I hope everyone's had a wonderful week. Desperate House, which is not a PG, PG, I'll be okay, new teeth, a G, PG, or even an R-rated show. So if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk, anything I might say might offend you, this may not be the show for you, but I'm hoping you stick around because tonight's guest is outstanding, of course. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredible one herself, the magnificent Dorothy Morrison. Check out wickedwitchstudios.com. And if you need her products shipped overseas, please check theangrycauldron.com. So joining me for the hour is the wonderful... Darling, fabulous, I can't find enough adjectives. I just love you, Devin Hunter. Thank you for coming to hang out <laughs> with me. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm so glad. So you had put out Modern Witch, which is probably one of the greatest books to come out in recent times. Um, I put you up there with uh, a few other people. I won't go into name dropping, but um, it's a beautiful book, and I wanted to know how things have been going with, you know, sales or Audible or follow-up or what's happening with with Modern Witch now. Uh, Well, I mean, you know, it dropped at the beginning of COVID, so it um, – it did not get a very good release. Uh, and, and that mostly was, uh, I mean, it's a pictorial book. So it isn't, I, you know, you, you can't promote it the same way as you would, uh, you know, a, a traditional book. And um, sure. we were really relying on people being able to go to bookstores and pick it up and hold it and touch mm-hmm. it and take it home. Um, and so yeah. we really got kind of kicked in the knee with that one. So, it has been interesting. I mean, according to Llewellyn, everything's fine. You know, they're they're not burdening me with like you know bad sales information or anything like that. But I know that there were, um, you know, I, I had my own hopes for it, and it and it, it just you know kind of fizzled. So it, the interesting thing has been that um, people who do have it are being very vocal about it, which is fantastic, and it has made its way into uh, Barnes and Noble officially so and it seems like it's not just there for a seasonal thing which is really cool so that's actually pretty hard to do because you know uh basically the at, went back in my day <laughs> the witchcraft or cult section at my local borders was pretty big it was like two aisles almost of just like cool metaphysical stuff we could look at and that doesn't exist anymore now most most witchcraft occult books if you can find them in a book in a traditional bookstore it's just like one shelf. And so um, mm-hmm. to, to have Modern Witch up there for, for, for longer than a couple of weeks is always a very good thing. 
and uh, so far it's, it's become kind of a staple at Barnes & Noble for now. So that's pretty neat. That's wonderful. So are you working on something to follow it up with? Yeah, um, <laughs> I have. Yeah, its deadline is is weighing on me. It's it's, it's looming on the on the horizon. Um, yeah, so we oh, no. are working on we are working on Crystal Mystic um, as the follow up to Modern Witch, and that's going to be a, uh-huh. a crystal book. So um, it is my crystal magic done in the same way that we did Modern Witch. So it's going to be full of pictures and recipes and how tos and all of that good stuff. So that is that is where we're it's sizzling now or simmering now on the uh, on the burners. Oh my gosh, that's wonder! I mean, I'm really excited because, and I know I had said this to you when we were first discussing Modern Witch because I thought it was one of the most beautifully done witchcraft books that I'd ever read. It's it's the, even the pages. I just know that I said something to you about how amazing the pages felt between my fingers it was like almost like peach skin and it was very elegant Mm -hmm. you don't often get elegant witchcraft books but it was Mm -hmm. just so beautifully beautifully done so if crystal mystic is anything like it it, it's going to be a hit it's going to be fabulous i just know it we uh, we're counting on we'll see yeah i mean either way it's it's really it's really fun to explore the work in this way. So, I mean, you know, on my end, it's all fun, right? Like I I get to make the stuff and put it together and send it to the well. And then they have this team of people that make it even better. And um, by the time it's done, it's, it's been through so many different hands and it's, it's been seen by so many different people that it it gets polished, you know, over and over and over again. And so I, I'm just, Mm -hmm privileged honestly to be able to work with a publisher who has the resources to make that kind of thing happen so it's really neat and I'm just I'm along for the ride you know we're going to see how it goes but this is probably the last picture book uh, at least for a while because um, I, I I'm, I'm craving the uh, you know the the regular black and white pages <laughs> kind of a thing but because um, it's a lot of work it's, it's probably triple the work to do this type of book um just because you have to take photos and it isn't just taking photos and staging photos and um, editing photos and on top of, you know, writing text and editing text and seeming it all together. So it ends up being a lot of work and, um, and I love it. I mean, it's, it's really fun, but it's definitely something that as a, as an author, I, I'm starting to grow to miss that traditional kind of writing process. So we'll see how it goes, but this is definitely happening. I'm very excited about it. And, we, we, we ended up closing our store because of COVID and when COVID hit. And so we I have know. all of the crystals from the shop are, are here, which is great for this book because it means that I can just walk out and oh. into our, our, you know, our living room and I can just pull from boxes. Yep. So it's really cool. I mean, it's all working out, but, um, but yeah, it, it's been, a, it's been a ride and, and doing this in the era of COVID and not being able to like really leave the house to do photo shoots and things like that. It's, it's been challenging, but we're making it through. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be super creative when you have limited settings, as it were. But I, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. I, I, you have a beautiful eye for things. And, again, 
Modern Witch is such a beautiful, well done, and informative. I mean, I don't want people to think I'm just extolling its its physical beauty. It has valuable information, but it's delivered in such a an elegant manner. It's really it's one of the most stunning books. I feel that's my opinion of it. I really love it, and um, yeah, it's a great book. So, if like I said, if this is going to be anything like it, do you have projection date on it? Uh, no, I think uh, all we know is I think the we were talking probably fall of next year. It was a couple yeah. months, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, how have you been doing, like with COVID? Considering it's been apparently on the rampage again, I think um, I know it's it's rising here because people are refusing to wear masks. I mean, with the when the numbers mm-hmm. start to decrease. People get very lazy. What are you seeing where you are? I mean, you know, I live in, I live in California, so um, we just hit a million cases, uh, I think, yesterday. So we're, you know, looking at going back into lockdown. Now, my household, we've been in lockdown since it started. So, I mean, we go out and I'll get groceries, but there's probably only one trip maybe a week um, out of the house. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, we're, we're just hunkered down. Um, and, and that has a lot to do with just, I mean, A, we don't want to contribute to the problem if we don't have to. And, and B, it, there's not, you know, most of I was just talking to a dear friend of mine who now lives in San Francisco. And so that's about, mm-hmm. you know, 40 minutes away. But it's a world away in, in the age of COVID. Yeah. And, it's, it's right. you know, I haven't seen him in, in ugh, seven, six, six or seven months, I think is what we said. And, um, and I'm, you know, I'm lucky I have a house full of guys. I mean, there's a bunch of us living together. There's four of us. We're all authors and we all do this, you know, this kind of stuff for a living. So I'm blessed. Like I know that, you know, I've got my partners here and I've got my best friend here. And if I need to talk about something, you know, it's there. My, you know, my other best friend's a phone call away and she lives, you know, 10 minutes away. So yeah. it's interesting to just have, I'm, I'm to be able to look around and see that I, I am so lucky and fortunate to have, the you know like I guess the COVID support system. The stuff that worries me is you know the the a you know I've got family who isn't taking things as seriously as I feel they probably should, um, and different parts of the country right. because they are getting different sure. information. Um, and yeah. and I'm worried about you know those friends of mine who are by themselves and you know because we're looking at probably eight months. I mean they're saying they're you know they're talking about this vaccine and even if the the vaccine you know gets pushed through tomorrow it's still going to be done in a tiered kind of way. So the, the general public won't have access to the vaccine for months after it gets, it gets released. So, you know, mm-hmm. we're just in this kind of holding pattern and I'm, I'm worried about what it looks like for the people who, you know, didn't get the good information and were being misled by either, you know, a, a certain government official or even their own, you know, the officials in state. And I'm worried right. and now that there, there's going to be like a reckoning, right? There's going to be this, oh, shit, like there was way more information available to us than we knew. We just weren't, be- we were being misled. So now there's going to be the, that that whole process because my family's going through it now. You know, I'm, I'm hearing the, oh, we didn't realize or we weren't being told. And I'm like, how do you not just watch the same news I watch? So it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> the, the degree of seriousness is getting, um, is increasing. And that's the stuff I'm worried about is just family and friends who are alone. Um, and the people who are, who are just now kind of realizing that this does need to be taken seriously. Um, 
that those are the people I'm worried about right now, you know, because there's, those are different parts of the population that, um, Hey, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some crossover with that too. You know, people who didn't know and people who are alone and, you know, it's this kind of stuff takes a toll on us spiritually and mentally as well as physically. And we've already been through what I think, you know, six to eight months of it already. And and we're probably looking at another six to eight months again. And um, yeah, so that's, that's where my heart's been and my mind's been at is just how are people going to cope and um, how am I going to cope? I mean, hell, (laughs) you know, six to eight more months of this. Oh my God. What is life going to be like after this? You know? I know. And I was going to ask you, you know, so many people have missed events and, you know, a lot of writers, Actually, most writers that I know are, you know, they count on live events to meet folks and yeah. sell books and give autographs and, you know, give classes in person. I mean, every, pretty much every convention this year was canceled. So, I mean, yep. are we looking at another year of this to try to get things under control? Are you employing a lot of zoom technology to teach classes what what's happening with with your your presence you know as far as that goes i mean this whole thing has kicked my ass um and and it's not necessarily the like in a bad way either um because there's we like we just did an event this past weekend called the the official witches sabbath you can go to witchesabbat.com to find out more. Um, but we just did our first one, and that was something that was uh, Laura Tempest-Zakroff and I putting that on. And that was something that her and I had been talking about for years. Um, and, we, you know, we wow. specifically wanted to create an event that was going to be very inclusive, not just from a, a background perspective, but from an attendee perspective and really looking at uh-huh. the people who are new and who usually don't feel comfortable in, in group settings because they're new. And, and we just wanted to tackle the whole idea of, of, of what it would be like to have a, a festival or have an event um, and throw the whole thing upside down and, and just kind of do something fresh. And, you know, we talked about it for years. And then finally, you know, we, we were very close to moving on it. We, we, um, were, we had a physical location in mind and, you know, the whole nine yards and dealing with the hotel and, all of the things and then COVID happened and it, we just kind of took a set that, you know, seat back and we're like, well, <laughs> you know, all right, yeah. so we have to evolve. We have to adapt. And what are we going to do? And, and we knew that we wanted, because the idea was to do this event twice a year and we, that's what we're doing. Um, but then we knew yeah. that one of those was going to be a live event. And we knew that one of those was going to be some sort of online kind of seminar thing. And what right. this forced us to do was really sit down and start hammering out details. And so the glory of, of, you know, things being put on hold were that people were, were wanting to go do things, right? They, they wanted to do, have experiences. So sure. we were able to, you know, create this event that we had been thinking about forever. And we had, um, I think, by the, by the time it was all said, don't think we had like 150 people who signed up and came. Nice. And we have this really amazing um, on, uh, Discord community going. I mean, it, it's blowing up my phone all the time. I love it. Um, and so we've uh-huh. got, you know, it's, we did what we, what we wanted to do. We were able to, to take that and, and create it and we're looking at doing another one in the spring. And, you know, so all this has been good from the perspective of you did, we, you know, we weren't sure w- what we were capable of until we didn't have another option. Right. 
And so <laughs> yeah. that I, you know, that's the silver lining I can kind of put on it, you know, is that at least this was able to happen, but you know, I'm looking around and, you know, I put on, I, I was putting on uh, physical events and uh, festivals and I know, you know, my, my cohort Tempest does the same. And um, I also have yeah. friends who run festivals and um, I know my, by how oh, I would say March, my entire year was canceled, I think, but one event. And then by the time we hit June, it was over. Like it, there was, there was no going back. So it, you know, and, and when I'm looking at the bigger companies who are doing events and, you know, most people are saying, Oh, I'm not going to start touring again until 2022. And so mm-hmm. all of 2021 is pretty much off limits. And that's probably what we're looking at too. So I, you know, I'm hopeful I know there, there's an event in Oregon called Sunfest that um, I was supposed to be the, a, a keynote kind of presenter there. And we ended up having to just, you know, postpone it a year, but I'm thinking, I don't know what's going to happen with that. And they were really responsive yeah. and responsible. They were, they were one of the first events to say, okay, well, look, we know this is happening. Our governor is going to make a statement. We're going to, we're going to follow the law and, you know, we're going to, we're sure. going to be as, as quick to turn around as, as we can. And they were. Um, but you know, that's the only thing that's tentatively on my book for 2021 right now is, is this thing that we postponed a year, but otherwise everything has been transferred over to some sort of online, you know, experience. And, um, the, we did this event this last weekend very successfully. It was, it was really great. There's still a lot of learning and growing to do, of course, you know, but, um, excited about the format, excited about the model and where yeah. to go and, there's a couple of other things that I, I'm planning to do just by myself, um, live events and things like that over the next couple of months. And, and so, you know, it's, it's all really kind of, you know, forcing us to, at least, you know, from my aspect of things, it's forcing us to kind of figure out what the future was going to be now. You know, we all knew it was all headed yeah. this way anyway. It's just, it's the, the, the expedition or the expedience um, has, has been kind of forced level. The expedience level has been forced kind of up, but we're still here, you know, we're doing it. Right. And I, I think um, I'm seeing a lot of communities evolve and grow and it's, it's really neat, you know, as a result. So I, I'm, I'm not happy about the pandemic. I, I definitely wish things wouldn't have gone down this way, you know, absolutely. Of course. Um, but I'm also yeah, of proud of our community for adapting. Yeah, and you know, I've got to agree. I've I've seen a lot of people be immediate in the immediate of COVID. You know, along April, May, and June, some people were completely freaked out. Like, oh, what are we going to do? Every you know, all our avenues that we had set up for making our income this year have been completely wiped out. And but you know, our folks are pretty smart. They're they're adaptable. And, you know, thanks to you and Tempest and other folks who have taken it to online and, you know, Zoom and, you know, special conferences where you can now have attendees from literally all over the world. You know, it's, it's bigger and better in a micro scale. It's so weird. I mean, I've just found the evolution of it so strange. Because now everyone I've spoken to who was so freaked out because of everything being canceled have come back to me and said, this has been the fucking busiest year of my goddamn life. What the hell? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, suddenly yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're 
where you thought nothing was going on, the, the process of adapting has sucked up every waking moment. So, yeah, I think, you know, you have to adapt. It's just, it's adapt or die in a lot of situations, you know, especially with a pandemic, because nobody really wants to die, I hope. But the fact of the matter is, you know, I think a lot of folks are still really starved for some in-person stuff. And I think you're right. I think a lot of things are going to still be delayed because even if there is a vaccine, it does take a while to get to the general public. It's got to go through some series of trials, I would assume. So I worry about what I worry about with pagans is a lot of folks are already isolated and, I'm concerned about how they're dealing with not being able to have any community in a real sense, in a physical sense. Because, I mean, like you said, we've got folks that are alone, and and it is concerning. I do have a lot of pagan friends who are by themselves, and they, you know, after a while, folks tend to hermit anyway. But then if you take any possibility for gatherings, it kind of makes it worse. I'm trying to figure out Mm -hmm. ways to make that less painful for people, you know, trying to check in on them more, giving more phone calls, you know, just saying, Hey, a little more often. So I hope folks are doing that. I hope people are like checking on, you know, their loved ones and all their capacities and making sure folks are okay as much as you can. I mean, it's really been an untenable situation in a lot of respects, you know, my, like my mother's in New York and my, you know, my mother's one of these people that, like you mentioned earlier, her information is different from the information that I have. And, you know, she's kind of stuck on her information and she's entitled, of course, to do that. Um, but if something, I mean, my mother's 80 years old. If something happens, to be quarantined. So I going up at all would be kind of, it wouldn't make sense, you know. Plus, I need special permission mm-hmm. from my company to travel because of COVID. So it's like all of these things that are radically changing our lives, you know, not just as pagans, but just as people. And uh, it's definitely a new world. It's definitely a new world, but, you You know, know, it is, but it it also isn't. And I think that's, that's the thing that I keep kind of kicking back to is, and and this is also one of the things that it, it also brings me irritation um, is that this has happened before? This just happened a hundred years ago, uh, where we had a, a you know a pandemic sweep through the world right after you know World mm-hmm. War One, and we right. we see. I mean, you can you can see the images and people you know the pictures of people holding signs that say wear a mask or go to jail. Like this isn't a new thing. This is just more of the same thing. And the the surprising, not so surprising thing to me was like, oh there were people who were refusing to wear masks back then and they didn't have Fox news. Right. So like, this is something that we've been through before. This is something that I think regardless, we're looking at human nature, we're looking at human character. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, what pisses me off is that it's been politicized. And and I I think when it comes to the safety of your fellow Americans, your fellow humans, you should not politicize anything. I don't think that's right. I'm a spiritual humanist. We are very against that. Um, but I, you know, so that, or that hurts that to me, that, that 
is a mark on our soul, you know, is that we allowed this to become politicized. We allowed for this to be a thing. Yeah. Luckily, common sense, per, you know, mostly is prevailing and um, people are getting the picture, but you know, this isn't a new thing. And so my, what I've been doing is looking back and, you know, the, the, the great courses released uh, on Amazon, it was, it's free. Um, you can look and you can watch this, this basically it's the history of the plague and history of pandemic yeah. and, and human and how we responded to it. And this is totally nothing new. Like this is super predictable, unfortunately. I mean, absolutely. Unfortunately, and this isn't to say, Oh, we're all fucked and doomed because you know, our heads are up our asses, but it is to say that, this is something, this is a reflection point. And this is, right. you know, history is reflecting our behavior back on us. And we have to choose what we're going to do and what we're going to take seriously. And, you know, so for me, I'm looking at this and I'm like, all right, my, you know, my grandparents through the last plague. And so, or, you know, we're, or we're, we're born from it basically. And sure. here I am in this position of going, you know, all right, well, what did we learn? like as a culture, right? Take care of yourself and then you take care of your neighbor and you yep. play by the rules as best you can because this is just, it's science. We know how germs work. We know how bacteria works or it's not bacteria, but viruses work. We know how this stuff Viruses, goes. Yeah. We, you know, we were all mm -hmm. given that same third grade education, right? Fifth grade, third, yeah. three, to fifth, three to five, you know, we all got it. So yes. no one can yep. really play dumb. Uh, it, all they can do is play ignorant. And if, you know, if you've been, um, you know, purposefully ignorant of, of the facts, then you've got bigger problems. And those, uh, you can have those problems as long as they're not interfering with my life or the life of my family. And, um, sure. you know, so here we are, you know, we're at a crossroads again in human society where we're met with a plague and it's not a war mm -hmm. we can fight with our fists. And so we get angry and throw temper tantrums and we yell at it and um, blame a shadow <laughs> government when in reality, you know, no, yeah. this, is, this yeah. is what happens when humans interact with the rest of the world, period. So I, I think more than anything, just kind of shame on us for not learning the first time, the first several times that this, you know, this kind of thing happened. And the fact that the, the last pandemic was only 100 years ago and we just had a polio pandemic that had hit, what, 60 years ago, 70 years ago. Yes. Like, come on. 70. Like, it's not that far removed, you know? So right. it's just, it's mind-blowing to me that we, how easily we forget the lessons nature has tried to teach us. And, you know, and just to even further the point, when you were a child, as I was once a child, I remember being told very distinctly, if you're going to cough, cover your mouth. That's what polite people do. If you know you're going to sneeze, cover your mouth. I mean, it's stuff we learned in kindergarten and before. So why is it we become adults and all of a sudden something that could actually save your life is now a problem to cover your mouth and nose. Really? I am so yeah. outraged well, by that on a daily basis. And it's, it's something that we really mostly find here in the United States of America. 
because other countries, you know? especially in the West, are not having the same, the same problem. They're having other problems. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, it's not all great. But sure. we, we don't have the problem as a nation of, I mean, we do have our larger cities and we do have our large suburban areas. But as, as a nation, we aren't, like, living on top of each other like, they're, like they are in other countries. You know, there's, we have huge swaths of land and, and things here and we're, we're actually very spread out and it's just amazing to me <laughs> that, you know it's that yeah. other countries that are living on top of each other because they're so old and they've been you know their their yep. their history is so rich um that you know these people aren't having the same problems we're having because they have a different relationship to you know the responsibilities of of and what's really interesting to me, and I think this is an affront to our relationship with the elderly, is that in other countries, especially like Italy, you know, when, when the pandemic was really hitting off, there was this big discussion about, hey, we're not taking care of our elders, right? But if you're not wearing a mask and you're, you're, not, and you're going out and you're doing these things, you are being disrespectful to your elders because you could bring this home, you could make people sure. sick, you know, and here we are living in America during the year 2020 when, you know, a lot of families are living together, even as, you know, with adult children, you know, this is a very sure. common thing. And so it's, it's just really, it's eye opening, you know, that again, other countries with different cultural values are, are handling all of this very differently than we are. And I think it, it, it really shows the greediness and the selfishness mm-hmm. of that's kind of innately American um, in our, 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 our culture. Um, that we've been seeing yep. like hardcore since the 80s, you know, greed, 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 greed. And then here we are. And it's like, oh, well, I, I, I want to go walk into a store and not wear a mask. And, um, and then I, and really what I want to do is go do that and then pick a fight. That's really what I want to do because not wearing a mask political, wearing a mask is not political. Like it's not, it's, it's courteous. It's, it's you being mm-hmm. aware that other people exist besides you. And that they have yeah. different risk factors and not everybody has the same immunity and not every, you know, all of those things. It's just, it's so barbaric to me, you know, like how are we ever going to be the actual great nation that we have the promise to be? And I'm one of those, like, uh-huh. I'm a bleeding heart liberal. Don't get me wrong, but I am, I was raised yeah. in Southern Ohio. We part of the Rust Belt. Yep. Like, you know, I was raised yep. in that heartland America. I was raised to be a good American my, all of my family You're a has, uh, yeah. You know, exactly, yeah, very, very strong military family. Like, I, yep. I have so much respect for not just the military and, and our service men and women, but our our history. You know, the the people who sure. died so that you could fight about whether or not you were going to wear a mask or not. You know, and then that to me just makes you an asshole. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's exactly. It's just, it's, it's just amazing. It's just amazing that we've we're so selfish and it's so I hope that's the part that changes you know it's like when Oprah was um uh when people were talking about trying to get Oprah to run for president back when you know right yeah. when Trump got elected and um sure. everyone's like oh Oprah could do it Oprah could do it I'm like no no as much as I love I love you some Oprah but I think what that really sure. spoke to was that we need a spiritual like guide here, you know, like the, the sixties had Martin Luther King Jr. And he could have done so much more. He was lost before his time, but the last great civil rights movement was full of spiritual voices and spiritual leaders. And we don't really have that during this era of, 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 of rights, uh, you know, of 
trying to expand rights and, and um, face our issues as a nation. And so I think people will, you know, when Oprah came out and was like, well, maybe, and people were so resoundingly positive about it, mostly. Um, I think that really yeah. spoke to this desire to have a spiritual voice helping us understand what the hell is going on. Um, and, and I'm here for that. I understand. Like, we're all going through this. And none of it makes sense to anybody. Like, you know, I, I don't, the reason why I don't believe in conspiracy theories most of the time is that I feel like people who do have never done it, have never been project managers. Like, it's so hard right. to get people to do right. anything, right. Like, you know, on the same page, let alone these giant, you know, fucking things. And it's just, it's sad to me that people choose that kind of stuff over just reality. Like, you know, come on, guys. There's, yeah, there really are problems in the world, and you're allowing your ego, because your ego is getting tripped up on the conspiracy theory. It wants to, you know, you want to be special. You want to have insider information that nobody else has. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in the occult. We're full of that. However, yeah. at the end of the day, who you're hurting, right? You're, you're hurting everyone. You're hurting sure. yourself. You're not just making these, these choices for you. You're making them for the rest of us, too. But, you know, you said something about spiritual leaders, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because and please take this in the spirit of which I intend it, but I look at you and I look at Matt and I look at Storm and I look at Evo and I look at um, Tempest. I look at a whole bunch of people as being our spiritual leaders. I actually hold you in that regard because you are speaking to the things that are happening in the world and it's not specifically pagan because it doesn't have to be specifically pagan. This is about the life and future of a country and of a people. And it goes beyond what we believe as far as our specific religious quote unquote practice. So you've actually perhaps unwittingly or unknowingly taken up the mantle of speaking truth to power and telling people what facts are. You know what I mean? And addressing these concerns. And I think it's really important. I think a lot of people shy away from it because it is a big responsibility. But I'm ecstatic to know you for that very reason. Well, no pressure. Um, no. <laughs> um, I, that, that is a, that's a privilege. I, I, I appreciate that. I um. Uh, you know, that's, that's not my goal. I, I, I don't wake up in the morning and put on that hat and, and say, I'm going to go no. do that. But what I, and I don't think anybody does, like, I think if you do, right. you got a problem, some, you know, but um, right. the, um, I feel it's, I feel we're at a point where, you know, and I don't know, as I'm getting older, the, the more I'm realizing that the, the, at the aspect of my humanity that must remain intact no matter what are the the places of empathy and compassion. And then if I lose those things and those things aren't nurtured, not only just within myself, but within my environment and within my community, Mm -hmm. then I'm not, then as a spiritual person who has his own agenda, right? Like I'm trying to evolve. I'm trying to, to get somewhere. I can't have those things fruit in my life. Like they won't be there if I'm not cultivating them. But at the same point, right. how can you cultivate a garden or, or any, any fruit can, you know, can come from that garden if the soil is, is rotten, 
you know, and it's full of toxins and those things. So I think in order to, for us, any of us to have a healthy life right now, especially now as we're all stuck at home and we're all having to deal with our stuff, um, I, I think it's important to be able to talk about things and to be able to just be real about things. And I, I mean, in yeah. every aspect of life, we need to be real about things, but especially now because there's nowhere to hide. You know, you can't hide from yourself right now. We're, 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 you can look at the vote. You can look at, you know, you can look at the, the way the country's been going, you know, here in the States for, you know, over the stuff. And, you know, we can look and say, hey, that's not right. And things have to change and we have to do something. And I, because those empathy centers are so important to me, um, it's, it's so hard not to look at somebody who's in pain and not want to do something like I don't understand that when when people can shut that off it, it is not something I have inside of me to shut that off and when I see it being shut off it really bothers me to witness that in other people like it really bothers me to see um, terrorism like just good old-fashioned mm-hmm. grabbing pitchforks and you know tiki torches and screaming about how Jews yeah. will not replace you like, you know, that's, yep. that is, that's frightening, but it's also just heart shattering that somebody feels it's okay to create fear for another human being. Like, I don't understand why we have to do that. I understand that it's part of our uh, evolutionary makeup. I understand that it's part of, of our, you know, what we would say in, in my spiritual traditions, you know, the fetch being the, the primal part of us, but I also understand mm-hmm. that we are much more than that. And if we want to be taken for more than our bodies, then why do we respond to things with bodily violence? Um, and, and it really, really eats away at me that this is what we devolve to, you know, when, when mm-hmm. we aren't feeling intellectually understood, heard, validated, whatever it is. Um, it, it hurts. It, it really hurts. You know, it, it hurts to see, uh, my my friends of color go through the experiences they have to go through on a daily basis and have the conversations with the kids with their kids that they have to have. It's bullshit, you know. I mean, it just it is. is. Nobody nobody is born to walk on this earth and to instantly be othered and to instantly be um, treated as less than. No, none of us are born for that. Absolutely not. And and that's that's written into our motto as a nation, right? All men are created equal. And so let's make that mm-hmm. the reality. And, and if you can look around you and, and it, cause here's my thing, I have this discussion with people who are, you know, don't aren't on the same political side I'm on and they don't, the, the button isn't there. That's clicking like that, that, that says this, that this doesn't equate to this. Like the way, what you want right. for them is not real freedom. Like the, the freedom that you have is not the freedom that you want to give. So like there's a button there that says, you have othered them and somehow your, your 401k is more important than their 401k. Your health is more Mm -hmm. important than their health. Your children are more important than their children. That was a really scary thing to see. I, 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 there's, um, Mm -hmm. uh, what was it? I think it was called, um, shades of the nation. There was this documentary that was done and uh, a a black guy goes down to the South and he's asking, um, members of, of uh, the KKK women who have like babies on their shoulders, if if they feel that a black person's child is is uh, less important than their child, and the answer was yes. You know, I mean, just amazing to me that like we can do that, and 
And so that to me, that's the real evil. Like I, you know, it's so funny. I, I, I spent the early part of my life chasing demons and mm-hmm. what it's turned into as, you know, here I am now is I'm looking around and I'm seeing the demons of our nation. I'm seeing the demons of our history all playing out and, um, in a very different way, you know, it isn't, it isn't me going to doing these paranormal investigations or, you know, right. being a no. psychic and all that stuff is, I mean, it's, I, I'm not doing health calls. I'm not leaving the house to go do that stuff now. So the, sure. the awareness that we're battling and struggling as a nation is, is super in my face all the time, just like it is with everybody, you know? And I, I think what I'm trying to do to process it is, find peace within the chaos because that's all I know how to do. That's what my occult training, you know, always kind of gets back down to is, is finding some sort of peace within the chaos so that you can have some sort of forward motion. So, and that isn't, that isn't making peace, that is finding peace. And that's, those are two very different things. Sure. Um, and sometimes Absolutely. making peace leads to finding peace, finding peace within yourself, finding peace within, you know, your family and your community. And, you know, my mother and I are never going to agree. Like she just told, she's like, you in person and, um, she was just telling me that, and I don't care if you're a QAnon person, you can go sit on a stick. Um, you're bad cult people. Um, but the, uh, my mother was telling me that she, wow. uh, that she had insider information that QAnon had been started, had been started by Confederate, um, uh, war generals. And it was the secret society that has been in existence since the civil war. And I just almost wow. died. Like I just, it was just yeah. like. How can you believe this? Like this, this goes beyond, like, I don't think she's dumb. My mother is not a dumb woman. My mother is not, you know, somebody who um, is bad at judging people. Like she's always got a really good right. character. So it's shocking, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be listening to this kind of stuff and then see that there's so many others, you know, and oh, yeah. um, it, it's just, we got to do something and it starts with talking about it and then not demonizing these people, because obviously there's something that they believe they understand that we don't. And they're looking at us like we're the dumb ones. And so obviously there's a disconnect and you know, when there's two truths in a room, that's not usually a good thing. And so we have to figure out what is going on and what is leading people to want to, in my opinion, betray common sense, you know, uh-huh. and, and um, embrace something else. You know, that's, that's the real scary shit. So, you know, if, if as spiritual people, we aren't looking at this stuff and we aren't seeing the writing on the wall, then we've got a problem. Like the people who are, you know, and in, in, that were once in my circle that were very spiritual and hell, we had a, we had a psychic working who worked for our shop for a while, loved her to pieces. She was very sweet, just this big ball of light when she'd come in. Great with customers, great with clients. And um, she's a, she's a QAnon person. And I, you know, we found her telling people to, um, you know, do do things with their bodies in order to, you know, not get 5G and like just crazy stuff. And it just was like, what the hell? Like, what is going on? Like, you do realize there are real problems going on. Like, yeah, there's, there's child molestation happening. It's called Jeffrey Epstein. Like, where was QAnon with Jeffrey Epstein? Like, you know, I mean, come on, right? right? Where's QAnon now with all yeah. of this stuff? Like, there's real-life evidence that children, you know, yeah. that, that this was happening. Where the fuck's that? When, you know, kids were being right. loaded in cages. Where was, where was QAnon with that? You know, so come on now. Come on. I'm right. sorry. You don't oh, get to I do that. That's not, that's not how this works, you know? So it's just, yeah, we're in this world so where true. there's been a, a, for six years, 
we've had um, misinformation and quote unquote alternative facts ruling the day. And it has, and it became the mm-hmm. status quo. And now we're in a point where we have to deprogram ourselves. And I sound like a crazy, you know, spiritual person now. Got to deprogram what we do. We have to deprogram ourselves. And we have to start looking at, you know, the writing on the wall. We're being misled. We've been misled. And by many things, not just Donald Trump, you know, but by many things, our, our behavior led us into this position to begin with. Like, let's be real. Um, you know, yeah. so where, you know, where do we, we need to start raising our standards here, I think more than anything. And we need to start really looking at what's valuable to us in the now and what's going to be valuable to our children in the future. And we, we aren't doing enough of those thoughts or, you know, that, that thought process. We're not sitting down and going, how do we fix the problems we have now? All right, people are rioting in the streets. What? Why? Why would that be happening across the nation? Gee, uh-huh. is there really a problem? Yeah, yeah, Maybe right. there's really a problem because it's kind of everywhere, right? Like this isn't just isolated to Portland or Chicago or – no, this is kind of Not like everywhere. Okay. Every Maybe there's really a thing. Sure. What do we do? You sit down I and you agree. ask them what's up. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the first thing you do. You don't just send troops in. Like what the hell? You know, come on. You ask them what the hell is up. What do we do? How do we fix this? There's a problem. You you don't feel heard and you don't feel respected and you feel like there's a systemic problem keeping you from being able to be as successful as I am. Well, why is that? Right. Let's sit down and have that discussion. No, we're not doing that, right? It's 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 social justice warriorship to do that, right? It's it's become this bad I, thing to I, just I say, hey, somebody's in pain. That title, you yeah. know, people throw that title around like they used to throw around the word liberal, like we were supposed to be ashamed of it. You want to call me right. a social justice warrior? Go the fuck ahead. You're not hurting me. Yeah. Not hurting my feelings yeah, I, at all. Don't get I feel like, you know, paganism, when it, I, I go back and forth with paganism. I don't usually, like nowadays, I don't really consider myself a pagan. And, um, I, I'm in a cult system of witch thing, getting rid of that. That's always going to be here. But the but being a pagan, okay. um, mm-hmm. it's not really been my thing. And, and the reason for this as I, is that as I've gotten older, I've learned that I have just a different set of internal values than I tend to find with a lot of the pagan community. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, you know, I I have many a pagan friend, and we've had many a discussion about these things. But at the end of the day, I find myself as a as a priest and as, you know, somebody who is uh, running uh, traditions and, and things like that, I find myself really looking towards different models for not just interacting with my fellow man, but also interacting with, you know, the divine. And I'm, and I find that there are, when we start to, you know, and, I, and the truth is, you know, I say I'm a spiritual humanist and that is a, that's we're we're kind of a weird new religion and I, it's kind of a weird thing to say, but it's, it's very basic. It's very simple. The spiritual humanism is at the core of the value belief is that my spiritual views do not outweigh my responsibility to you as a fellow citizen, as a fellow human. So my religion cannot, trump your religion in conversation my like especially when we're making policy decisions when we're talking about right. the betterment of of fellow of our fellow mankind my religion can't have a, a word in this it, it has to be coming from a place where everybody is truly going to be equal and everybody is truly seen as as um a partner you know in, in the evolution mm-hmm. of of our species mentally spiritually physically 
so as a spiritual humanist, um, you know, it's about us and it's about how we're going to choose to react to each other and how we're going to choose to grow because humanity, we are on a precipice. Like this is, we know this is, we've always been on a precipice, you know, and we've evolved so quickly. I mean, super quickly. I mean, in the last 6,000 years alone, like just an immense Mm -hmm. amount of evolution has happened mentally. Um, and, 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 you know, some people say, uh, suggest physically and, and, but humanity has been around for a long time, you know, and this oh, recent yeah. burst of growth is, is really just pretty recent. So, I mean, humanity was around mm-hmm. for much longer than civilizations were around. It took us a very long time to figure out how to get together and agree on anything. So when we finally did both civilization and that's fantastic and, you know, that's wonderful, but it is still in our, our innate being to um, not trust the environment, to not trust each other. And when all we know is that when we do trust each other, when we do come together, that's when we experience our most growth. That's when we experience our, our most, um, our most health. Right. Um, And that's when people are eating and, and there's clean water and there's enough resources for everyone. It's when we start to trust each other and, a nation with starving people, a nation with homeless people is not a great nation. I mean, it just isn't. Right. That, that's, that's an old, old axiom. That goes way, way, way back. That People have been saying oh, yeah. that for a very long time. And it's the truth, oh, right? Yeah. And we are a nation with homeless people. We are a nation with starving people. We are a nation with um, homeless people who now are struggling with the pandemic in the middle of winter, right? Yeah. Like you, yeah. homeless people are going to shelters and they have to deal with COVID now. Right, like uh, as if life wasn't hard enough, right? Right. And and the sad truth is, I was raised in an environment that said, you know, if you were homeless, there was a reason you were homeless. Yes, I was um, too. And what what we know now is that's actually that's total bullshit. That's more '80s crap, right? Like you know, coming from the age of greed. You know, now yeah, the reason might be that you were being molested by your parents. You maybe you were raped by your father. Right. And that happens yeah, a lot more than sure. people think, you know, you're, you're being, you, your parents were abusive to you and you have, it is safer. You feel safer out in the cold alone than you do in your own home where your parent, where you were raised. Like this is a thing. Sure. And most homeless are you, we have, you know, that's the majority of homeless. So it's, it's just, we got some messed up priorities. And I think if we don't start talking about them, then what we're really showing is that we, we aren't coming, but we, we're not, empathetic to each other that humanity doesn't matter to each other and I just wasn't raised like that I mean I was raised evangelical and yeah my father was pagan and and, you know there were some of those Mm -hmm. influences but on either side I was not raised to not believe in efficacy and not believe in taking care of my fellow man and you know and so it's amazing to me like I don't I don't I have no idea what evangelicalism is now like when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was evangelical for a minute and, you know, those, those no abortion and no um, uh, premarital sex and, you know, all that shit was still there, mm-hmm. but, you know, but it didn't look like it does now. Now it looks like the, you know, that spiritual war that they've been wanting, they, they created, you know, and yes. Um, yes. I just, I don't recognize, it. I don't recognize those people. I don't recognize that faith. Um, and I was part of it you know, when I was a kid and I just don't recognize it. So there's a lot of that, you know, I'm, I'm rambling on and rambling on about this, but I, I you know, lots no, of I, but 
Um, it's yeah. amazing, but this this is like amazing because I was all, I mean my mother was a pagan, my mother was polytheist, and my mother was talked into becoming Pentecostal by my father. So yes, I was also raised um, evangelical, and you know in having a discussion like this with my mother, she explained to me, and my mother is also a very educated person, um, smart did a great job of uh, running a home, running a life, running a business. My mother did all of these things. And when asked about why she was following the certain path she was on, she said, facts don't matter. Now, (laughs) when someone tells you that facts don't matter, the conversation's over. That was it. Because someone who tells yeah. you that facts don't matter and they believe what they believe without anything to back it up, that's cultism, don't you think? Yeah, and it's, I've had this a very similar conversation <laughs> um, yeah. with my mother. And, yeah, and I, I think a lot of us have, you know, especially the last year. Um, yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing, that's the trick to it is that, it has, we, we do live in the age of alternative facts as well. So anything can yeah. be a fact and therefore no facts have value. Right. And that yeah, is, right. that's the greatest, uh, that's the greatest failure of our generation is that we've allowed yeah. for that degree of, of mind fuckery, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When you give a stage to an untruth, and you know it's an untruth, but you give light to it anyway, and you make it okay, yeah. and you make it part of the public discourse. You've abdicated your responsibility to the American public. That's just my bleeding mm-hmm. heart liberal stand on it. There are facts. Facts are provable. Facts are truthful. Facts are what they are, and they stand on their own. Everything else, in my opinion, is bullshit. But people have decided that their version of the truth is just as valid, even though they're completely unprovable. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's an well, and the, there's and also this weird, there's this weird thing that happened um, that we can go back and, and look at now uh, over the last couple of years. And that is that there is kind of a, tr- like these, there's these little loops of truth that are created where, um, basically, a network will post a story and they'll get that going and then, you know, and somebody else will tag that. And, you know, so by the time this happens over and over and over again, it, you, you know, as the observer trying to even do research and figure out, oh, is this real? Did, did he really say this or did this really happen? You could Google it. And because it's been, you know, written about by 16 different people in this network, it looks true, right? Mm-hmm. It looks like there's, there's mm-hmm. a history of it you can go through and, and track. So facts don't look like facts anymore. You know, it used to be that if you wanted a fact, you went and researched it, and it was there. And now if you aren't, you know, like I, I, I try to have this conversation with my mother all the time, just because it's on the Internet doesn't make it real, but also just because it's on the Internet a million times doesn't mean that it's true. And, and you really have to yep. look and say, hey, is this a real, is this a real news source? And by real news, uh-huh. I mean, did these people go to college and did they, you know, devote their life to journalism 
And if they didn't, then it's not really mm-hmm. a real news source, right? It's not, it, it's not accredited. It's not, you know, um, connected yeah. in the ways that it should be connected to give it validation. And, um, and, and so we have to be discerning of that, but we never knew we had to be discerning of it. And those of us who do, that's great. Yeah. But, you know, the older generation, you can't expect that of them. Like my mom can barely, you know, get, make her way through a Google search, let alone, you know, telling her you know, right, right now, the big argument is don't get your news from YouTube. And, you know, don't watch right. this YouTube channel after YouTube channel and get your news because none mm-hmm. of it's real. Like, you really can't. And so she'll send me, like, I still get links all the time. And she's always trying to, like, catch me off guard and send me something that will, you know, blow my mind about the Biden administration uh, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and none of it's real. None of it's real. I you know? know. And so, and at one point, you know, I would say, well, when it all went down, I kind of disconnected from my parents. I, I was very yeah. not here for it. I couldn't yeah. deal and it was hard and I went months without talking to them. And then finally was like, okay, you know, let me get back into the swing of things. And it's still, you know, I mean, I'm never going to be able to, you know, the funny thing is this, and it's something I've, I've heard from a lot of people. When we started having these conversations with our parents, old wounding started to come up, right? Yeah. Things from you when you were yeah. a kid and how things were handled and, you know, so on and so forth. Yep. And so, we're we're having these loaded conversations <laughs> with our parents, yep. and you know, I, and for me, it's like my mother is never going to believe she's wrong, and there's a history of that, and and she's never really going to take me seriously as 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 a authority on anything because I'm her child, and it it mm-hmm. she reared me, and so therefore she was the authority, and and she's never mm-hmm. going to switch that position, right? Okay. So there are now conversations that we just can't have, you know, and I hate to say that, but that's the truth because I don't, I I come from a, and it's not even what I come from. I I may have made the personal choice because I think we all have the personal choice. You can keep your parents or you can leave your parents. You get to choose that. However toxic your relationship is, you got to do what's best for you. I have made the personal choice to keep my mom close because I just recently lost my father and I want to make sure that I know where she's at and what's going on and, she just sure. closed her business. She was an entrepreneur for uh, many, 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 many years. And she just closed up her business with COVID. And so, you know, she's going on social security and just all of these things she never, ever, ever thought she'd ever need or ever, ever would be part of. She's now being thrust into. And it's, yep. it's just eye-opening for her. You know, she's, she's, she's happened mm-hmm. to realize like, oh, okay. Okay, this is why this exists. This is why these are safety nets mm-hmm. for the population. Yeah. You know, so on and so forth. So it's yeah. really, it's been, I, you know, I'm sticking close. I want to know what's going on. I don't want my mother to suffer. I don't want my mother to have, um, you know, a bad rest of her life. I, but at the same time, I'm not going to make space for the stuff that is not just factually incorrect that she's holding on to, regardless of how many facts I present to her, but I'm not going to make right. space for her to, suck me into it either, you know, and that's what I realized yeah. these conversations tend to, to, to be, but it's their way of sucking us in. It's their way of being an authority figure in, in our lives still. Mm-hmm. And we get to choose yeah. that. We get to choose how those relationships exist. And, you know, so no, no, no Trump talk. We don't do Trump talk. Um, she was, I right. believe somebody who didn't vote. Um, and she said she, she didn't vote the first time. She didn't vote this last time. So that caused a whole other argument. And um, you uh-huh. know, so we just go back and forth on it, and we just had to get to the point where it was like, you know what? Okay, look, 
I'm worried about you. I want to make sure that you have, you know, you're, you're healthy and you have what you need. So I will, I'm going to stay connected. Uh, and I do love you dearly. And, you know, I, I tear up when I think about I'm a mama's boy, you know, it's through and through, but at the same time, everybody grows up and we don't stop growing. Yeah. And so as I grew up, my parents also grew up and um, they grew into people who, you know, I, I think are very concerned because of the narrative that they've been fed over and over again by the administration and by that particular party, that their yeah. rights are constantly under attack. And so they saw the riots in the streets as an attack on their freedom because of the way it was all being yeah. spun. You know, my, my mother lives in rural Ohio, and she was worried about the Antifa showing up and raiding her home because she was told this would happen. You know, and I'm like, no one's going to come to Brown County and like, no, that's not happening. You know, it's just, it's just this, you know, thing where they have been told things and from sources that they believe they can trust and therefore this is their reality. And, and for me, when I, when I stopped and I got my head out of my ass and I realized like, okay, look, I have my reality. I mean, I also have my bubble. I'm in my bubble of, of, you know, liberals and we're all, you know, talking and having the same conversations. I have, you have to get that. So I get that. Um, But she's also in her bubble. Right. And so I do believe that some of what we talk about sinks in, but at the end of the day, if I'm an ass to her or if I am yelling and screaming or we're getting into it, I've lost my cool. I've lost my edge. I've lost my authority in the discussion. Right. And that's how that works because, She's a Capricorn. She's hardcore. So she's going to be the first one to start yelling. She's going to be the first one mm-hmm. to, to get upset or frustrated. And so if I can be like, no, that's actually not correct. And here's, here's why, then our conversations go very differently. But what I found is, um, and I, I think everybody, if you get on Netflix, there's a documentary on flat earthers, I think called beyond the curve. And mm-hmm. what you will see is a mentality that is uh, very important to understand because it's the same mentality that we're looking at with QAnon. It's the same mentality that we're looking at with a lot of um, the former Tea Party kind of esque people. And a lot of it gets down to um, there's this beautiful moment where uh, a, a, a flat earther is being asked to basically ex- explain why he ended up where he was and, and how it all happened. And the guy says something along the lines of, well, you know, I go to these other places, these other meetups and these other groups, and they would all talk down to me and treat me like I was dumb. And here I here they don't talk down to me and treat me like I'm dumb. And so I'm, I'm sticking around. And so the only reason mm-hmm. he was a flat earther wasn't because he had evaluated the science or evaluated even the, the you know, the common sense of it, but, but because he didn't feel dumb. And, and he was yeah. within a group of people who made him not feel like, you know, othered and, and not feel like he was a moron. And so he valued that social acceptance and that, that, that feeling over facts. And so, you know, yeah. this is what we're looking at everywhere. You know, it's the same people don't want to feel dumb. They want to feel educated. My, and my mother, who's not a dumb person at all by any means, she's, she's very, very intelligent. She was a historian, which, which really gets me going that why she would bring up this whole Q on was created by Confederate soldiers thing. But, you know, she's very, yeah. very intelligent. And to see her go into this place, it's like, what the actual hell? And, and it, yeah. you know, and then we sit back and, you know, me and my partners kind of watch and, and it's clearly this, this move of like, okay, you know, she, she wants to feel intelligent. She wants to feel that she knows something. 
um, that she has some sort of, of insight or information that I couldn't have as somebody who's so far yeah. left. And I'm not even really that far left. I mean, I am, but I'm not like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, there are far more left than I. Um, but, you know, sure. not so far left that like I, I have created my own universe that I live in. Um, and that's the way it's, you know, the stuff <laughs> is presented. So it's, it's just, uh, we have to figure out what we're going to do about it. I mean, just period. And you have to figure it out for yourself and then you have to figure out, you know, what your values are with that and um, what's yeah. important to get out and to be understood because not every argument is you're going to win. And so you got to be careful. Um, but you sure. also have the right to say no. You have the right to say, I don't want this in my life and I'm not going to put up with it. And you do what you got to do. And there's no, there's no judgment there, right? Like we're all allowed to, to pick the people who take up space in our lives. And just because they're family doesn't mean you have to do that. And that's hard sometimes. Um, and it hurts because, we love our family and you know, if there was a phone call and somebody was in the hospital, we're going to drop everything and we're going to figure out what the hell to do. But at the same time, right. How can you put yourself in a situation where you're being made to feel inferior or like there's something wrong with you for looking at the encyclopedia and going by the, the, the dictionary definition, you know? So it's yeah. a, we're in a weird place. We're in a really weird place. And I, I it's, I don't think it's going to be over until we get the regime change, you know, and then once I, once that happens, then we can finally, I think, start having conversations because we'll be left with what we're left with. But, um, you know, we're still dealing with, you know, over 70 million people who thought it was okay to vote for Trump, despite, you know, the way he carried himself on the world stage, despite the way he carried himself through uh, multiple crises. Uh, that we had, yep. not just through hurricanes and, um, you know, the pandemic and the forest fires here in California. I mean, literally, like, you know, our governor had to call and basically beg in order to get funds yeah. released, you know, and, and while we're being blamed for it, I'm like, well, this is all happening on national land that you're actually responsible for, you know, just like these, just yeah. these things. It's, there's There's been no, and, you know, when Biden came out and and did his speech uh, the night that he accepted uh, the presidency, I cried. And the reason why I cried wasn't because like, oh, I was relieved. I cried because it, yeah. was so, it was so surreal to hear leadership, well, future leadership, talking about yeah. the real problems. Like acknowledging yeah. there's this pandemic that is wiping people out. And, yes, it may only be 1% to 3% of the population that dies, but one to three percent of a of of like three billion is, is a lot of people, and the people who yeah. survive it are often left with long term health issues. So you yeah. know, yeah, people may not be getting it, or you know, people may get it and recover, but they're still going to be dealing with issues, and that creates yep. what additional burdens on the system. So you, know, if you want to complain about Correct. the burdens on the system? Let's take care of this stuff preemptively, shall we? Um, you know, because we're going to be yeah. talking about the COVID scars, right? The, the lungs and the, the people's lungs and on their bodies for a very long time. We're going to be talking about what happened to kids who ended up getting COVID. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. With like polio, we found out after right. the fact that it made you sterile, right? So like my uncle couldn't yep. have kids yep. because he had polio when he was when he was a kid. We don't know what's going to happen to these yep. kids. We have no idea. And so the fact that like we're in this position where we even have to have these conversations is, is a shame, but I, it was, it was so refreshing to have somebody in leadership just say, Hey, look, people are dying. This is a real thing. 
there is systemic yeah. racism that's happening. We're acknowledging this and we're going to start taking steps to really try to fix this and really move on. You know, like to hear that there are kids in cages and we are not, we're going to stop that. Like that was a big deal to me, you know, and it was just because this shit is happening and it's happening everywhere. And just because there's a certain, you know, portion of the population who is playing dumb and, you know, mm-hmm. playing, you know, trying to play at some, we're losing our rights because you're asking us to wear a mask thing uh, is just, mm-hmm. that's besides the fact, because the fact is we still have these problems. So having leadership talk about those things is important and, because it also allows for us as a larger group of people to have discussions that are otherwise really uncomfortable. You know, I mean, how are we going to talk about how to take care of our, the elderly and how are we going to talk about how to really take care of, our, you know, our, our kids in this era sure. if the government itself is just even denying that it's a problem, right? Like, we opened yeah. schools back up, sent our kids to schools, which we all knew was dumb. We all knew this was a bad decision. Yeah. And then now here oh, we are, absolutely. COVID bloom, yep. and they're shutting schools down. You know, I work yep. as, a, as a, a judge for a um, – a local circuit out here that we work with a lot of kids and I, I judge their competitions and we love, love, love working with mm-hmm. kids, but I work with different school districts and we knew like the beginning of summer, we knew that school was going to yeah. be shut down and that they were going to have to, you know, totally modulate the way that this was being done. And, and it sucks. Yes. I know that your kids miss their after school programs. Uh, we're going to miss them too. Like, you know, sure. those programs are going to totally die most of the time. They're going to really get setbacks because there was a whole year without, you know, kids playing and da, da, da. And yes, that football time is important to them. I get that. However, there are bigger things, right? right? Like my, my nephew is a senior in high school. He was a uh, lacrosse player, all state, the whole nine yards, all of that was taken away from him this year. Mm-hmm. All of it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You know, so he's learned to build computers and he's, you know, he's, he's but wow. Do? Okay. You know, life happens, you know, life it happens does, but... and, and either we're going to, we're going to pout about it and get angry at life or you're going to let yeah. it happen and you're going to move on and, and not dealing with it is not moving on. I agree. I agree with you. I mean, when Biden, the first thing Biden said that, made me light up like a Christmas tree was I will be the American president for all citizens, those who supported me and those who did not. Oh, and by the Mm -hmm. way, we're rejoining the Paris Accord and we are rejoining the WHO and the world, you know, showed up and said, thanks for coming back, America. We're happy to see you. Yeah. I mean, doesn't that help Isn't that an indicator of something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I mean, just, I also don't understand the, the, the brilliance of leaving it to begin with. I don't understand the brilliance right. of pissing off our allies. Like we, we have allies overseas because it makes us stronger. Like we, it gives us Intel into the countries that we're worried about because we're best friends with the ones right next to them. Right. Like, there are there there's reasons all of this has happened and developed in that regardless of what political party was in charge at the time, certain things happened mm-hmm. and existed and you know were created. And so for this this celebrity to walk in and think he knows the world when obviously he can't even pay his own debt, like you know, right. there's something wrong here. And so for me, it was it was the betrayal of 
friendships and allyships that were created and forged during world wars, world wars, yeah. right? Like we right? have, I mean, come on. So to, to betray our allies and to betray the people who have continuously been there for us as a nation, it's just, it's, it's an, it's, I mean, pagan or not, like we all have that oath thing, right? Like we all have that your word means something and, what Donald Trump yeah. did was say that our word means nothing. And so as, yeah. as somebody who, you know, yes, pagan or not, like, you know, I, I, that's a deal. That's a deal breaker right there. You know, it's, sure. one, it's one thing to make a, compa- a campaign promise. It's another thing to completely go back on oaths that were, you know, generations old and were forged through the, the, the heat of battle. Like, come on, <laughs> you know, so. Me, you know, you talked a lot about compassion tonight and it struck me that, you know, even in America's really bad times, even though we really went off course here as a country, the rest of the world is so happy to welcome us back like an errant child that has suddenly found their way. I am astounded by the level of compassion we are receiving internationally. I just think we can get back to being good humans again, because I think as a nation, we kind of really, we strayed. And I know that there are about half of the country that still want the other guy to stay. And it's like, no, there's, there's, you know, there's normal and there's wrong within normal parameters. And the things that have been going on are way out of normal parameters. For example, I'm not a huge fan of Mitt Romney, but if he had ever become president, I wasn't going to wake up every day afraid that we were going to get bombed out of existence. You know, a little different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, yep. no, I the, the new normal is, is very weird and new. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and I really hate the new normal and I really would like some semblance not exactly as it was, but I think it would be a healthy thing to get back to some of the previous normal. You know, the kind of normal where um, if you were a racist, your fucking mouth shut because that was just not goddamn acceptable, y'all. Know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I want people to speak to their better angels, not their worst impulses. And it just seems like we've had four years of, and not that it's over, it's not over. And we're going to have to do a lot of work to climb out of this. But we can get back to the better angels. I really believe we can, to use a a term that's probably not really great for me to use, but I think it kind of fits. But, you know, before we go... (laughs) This has been fantastic. I cannot tell you how much I appreciated this conversation. But I do want to talk yeah. a little bit about classes, and I do want to talk about your uh, subscription boxes because I need one. Yeah. And um, I, don't, I don't know if folks know about them. So I am going to take us way off of this path for now. And uh, I, I just want to make sure folks know how to get a hold of you and how to buy product and how to get subscription boxes. So please fill people in on that. Yeah. So uh, you can, if you're interested in classes, you should check out uh, the mystic dream academy.com. 
Uh, you can get all these links just by going to modernwitch.com, which is kind of the hub for all of my projects. And, um, yeah, teaching classes from everything from uh, intro witchcraft and spellcasting to more advanced heady stuff that's all on the website. Um, we mm-hmm. have started a, yeah, so we started a subscription box, box which is really, really fun. And um, this month we're doing Tarot Divination as the theme, and so everyone's getting like this really cool card holder, and they're getting a candle to dress, and there's always a bath and body element, and you always get some sort of ritual oil, and there's, so everything's themed, and then there's a class that comes with it, and um, we have a really kicking Discord community, so for 50 bucks, you get the box free shipping, and you get not only just the stuff in the box, but you get access to the community and all the extra stuff, so it's a pretty good deal. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's been every month that if you just got to get in by the end of the month to get in to the following month. Um, and we're having a really wonderful time with that. And it's just yeah. the coolest thing. And it's just, I love Patreon. I went, you know, I had Modern Witch for 10 years before I opened a Patreon. And in mm-hmm. those 10 years, I went through so much. No one's listening to this. Like my podcast is yeah, I, even though I was like, I was picked up by the AV Club and Cosmo Magazine. I'm the only, you know, show of its kind to have, to have that kind of popular, regular world kind of people taking a look, which is really, really uh-huh. cool. But I didn't know what to it do is. with that. You know, I didn't feel like anybody was listening because I, you know, I didn't have that regular feedback from listeners. And so I started a Patreon really just to see, hey, maybe I can make up my expenses because I ended up spending, I think we did the math, it was something like, $12,000 over the course of the time yeah. just on the podcast, just with hosting fees and people, it's, it's not cheap to do this stuff. Not to mention the time you take out of your schedule and just all of the stuff. Yep. So I opened up this Patreon yep. thinking, well, maybe, you know, and um, it, it was amazing just to get the, to, A, I get to communicate with my listeners, which is really amazing. And that's, that's been a game changer yeah. for me. Um, but I also get to, communicate with this group of people who all seem to have similar wants and desires to me and you know we can bounce ideas and we do a lot of sharing and it's just so freaking cool it is just the the neatest thing um and and it's 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 been a blessing so it's it's helping me um a stay alive financially i mean i'm not making a a boatload off of it but it's it's helping um, but also it's, it's helping me stay alive spiritually. You know, I get, I get to talk to people on a pretty regular basis and, um, and they're just, the, they're just the best people, my patrons. They really, really, truly are really, really great. I love talking to them. I love being able to connect to them. And it, it's just, it's just sign of the times, right? That, that something like this is even possible. Um, and then, you know, right now it's, we're, I'm working on this book. I, the book is the Crystal Mystics Due to Llewellyn on December 4. And um, so I'm just chucking away, trying to get that taken care of. And once that's done, I, I'm really just going to switch gears because I have been lucky to um, get my audio rights from Llewellyn. They were really great about uh-huh. it. And so I, I started working with this phenomenal um, uh, voice actor. His name's uh, James Anderson, and he is just the shit. And so uh, he actually did, if you're <laughs> familiar, if, if any of your listeners are familiar with the audiobooks for like Firefly. He was the guy that did the Firefly books. Of he also course. did Matt Oren's book, Psychic yeah. Witch. Um, and so he's the voice actor for the Witch Power series now. Um, and Witch's Book of Power is available for download now um, on Audible and ACX and iTunes. 
Um, and yeah. Witches Book of Spirits is going to drop any day now, and after that will be Witches Book of Mysteries. So that's all happening finally. And that was like the very first question when I when I announced that I had a book coming out in 2016 when uh, Witches Book of Power came out. I, I was asked, mm-hmm. well, are you going to get put it in audio? Well, I didn't have control over that. I, I didn't know, you know, that's not something right. that authors really get to have a say so on. Um, but uh, so now I can say yes, and that's a really cool feeling. So all good things, all good things, lots of lots of work. But again, if you want to find any of that information, you can go to modernwitch.com. You can follow me online. I am at Mr. Devin Hunter on all of the social medias, and um, and I, yeah, and I, I love to meet people. So come and say hi. That's awesome, Devin. Thank you so much for coming and spending some time with me. This was an, an amazing conversation. Speaking truth to power, self-respect, compassion for others. I mean, you're talking about real things. I love it. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you having me on, and I, I look forward to the next time. I do, too. Well, with that, thank you so much. Have a great night. All right, everybody, I will be back tomorrow with Mickey Mueller. I am so excited. She has never been on before, and we will see you tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.